Hi, welcome to another episode of Blog Talk. I'm Chris Segura, and in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through a little bit more detailed uh, example and, and usage of the Visual Studio Code extension we recently launched. I know a few weeks ago, uh, if you're a, a regular viewer of this program, uh, you saw a colleague of mine, Kale, uh, and JT walk through the extension uh, and talk a little bit about the basic principles, uh, the basic idea of what our extension was trying to do, especially in terms of helping developers, uh, whether you're a blockchain expert or you are a different developer, maybe an enterprise developer, uh, really sort of be successful with blockchain uh, and smart contract development, um, regardless of where you're coming in from. Uh, so we really wanted to make the experience sort of unified, give you a nice IDE experience using Visual Studio Code, uh, and then help developers be productive. Uh, so in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through some of the very basics. We're going to start from basically new project, new file, new smart contract creation, and then walk you through all the way to deploying that smart contract. Um, in future episodes, this will be a multi-part series. In future episodes, what I want to do is show you some of the more advanced features. Uh, today, users of the extension may have noticed uh, a few uh, code generation pieces that do uh, code generation for logic apps, flow apps, Azure functions. Uh, in a future episode, I'll show you how to use that. Uh, and then follow-on episodes, we'll talk about upcoming features uh, that are not yet in the extension. Uh, we're in preview right now, but as we get towards uh, general availability, you'll see a few more uh, features added in to help developers interact with their contracts, debug their contracts, et cetera. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, here you see this view uh, on the screen. This is the marketplace view of the extension. Uh, a few things to point out when you're in the marketplace. Uh, there's a wiki page here that is the effectively the user guide for right now that talks a lot about it, a lot about other features I'm about to demo. Uh, there's a little bit of detail around system requirements. Again, we're in preview right now, so these requirements will uh, likely relax over time. Uh, but here's the current system requirements, uh, operating system support, etc. A um, couple of notes about uh, these minimum requirements that uh, we have seen problems with in, in, in sort of multi-operating um, system, multi-development environments. Uh, Python in particular tends to be a little bit tricky to install. In fact, when you install um, our extension from the marketplace, it looks for a few things. Uh, in particular, it looks to see if you already have a few um, requirements installed, Node, Git, etc. Python in particular tends to be a little difficult. You'll see here, uh, I've set up my machine to, to trip the extension to say Python isn't installed properly. Uh, the problem here tends to be not that you haven't installed Python, it's when you install Python, the installer itself doesn't automatically add itself to your system path. Uh, that's a requirement, that's a need of our extension. Oftentimes, even when you've installed Python, you don't notice that that checkbox is not enabled, so you uh, don't necessarily get it installed into the system path. Uh, the FAQ online talks about how to add Python to your system path. It's not terribly difficult, uh, but I did want it to highlight because that is uh, the 99 times out of 100, that is the problem that uh, people hit when they get to this. All right, so now when you go to the uh, File Explorer view, so you go right here, um, sorry, turn that right off. Uh, you see a few things that the extension has installed. Uh, you see a service bar down here, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, and you, at this view, that's all you see unless you do something like bring up the um, command palette. So control shift P or view command palette will get you a command palette. And in the command palette, if you type uh, Azure blockchain, 
you see a number of commands that have been added to the to the uh, to the IDE. Um, this is sort of a dynamic list, meaning right now all you see are commands that make sense given what's already uh, created in your environment, given what you already have. This list expands or shrinks depending on on what your environment looks like. So let me walk you through some of the very basic beginning here. Uh, if you're a brand new developer, you've never created a smart contract and you'd like to just have sort of a quick start experience, uh, the best path to do that is to do this first command here. You see new Solidity project. Uh, if you click on new Solidity project, uh, you get a couple of options here. Again, for brand new developers who are maybe just learning or want to try the extension out, uh, create basic project uh, is the path to go down, and that's the path we'll go down in a second. Um, for those of you that are a little bit more advanced or a little more familiar with some of the open source tools that Kale described in the previous video, particularly Truffle, uh, you may know Truffle boxes. Uh, they're effectively pre-packaged um, uh, examples of various contracts. Uh, you have the option here to create a project from one of those truffle boxes. We're not going to do that in this example, uh, but I do want those developers out there that are familiar with truffle to know that is, that is the path that you go down if you click that, that option. Uh, here we'll just go ahead and create basic project. Again, this is a really good example for, uh, new developers. Uh, you want to go and create it into an empty directory. You see here, I already have an empty directory already created. Uh, we'll go ahead and select that project path. Uh, and right now what's going on in the background, we're using Truffle. Uh, again, for those of you who are familiar with Truffle as an open source uh, solution here, it is unboxing effectively a very sim simple project. Uh, you see here that project has a few things that are really nice for developers. Uh, we have changelog, we have a lot of the GitHub um, things, git ignore files, uh, license files, a, a few things just to help you out that, you know, eliminate uh, typing, eliminate things developers typically have to do to get this added to an open source repository. We take care of that for you. We also take care of a few things here. You'll notice uh, here we have the very beginnings of a simple Solidity project. Uh, this is a very simple example, uh, but we've also pre-installed for you linters and, and sort of language syntax checking so that you can find very basic errors, right? So if I change the compiler type, you see uh, I get a little bit of, of, of warning that things aren't right. Um, so again, very simple helpers for developers. Um, here at this point, I can literally just go ahead and click on my Solidity project, right-click on it, or my Solidity file, sorry, right-click on it, and build the contract. Uh, again, those of you familiar with open source tooling, this is uh, Truffle compile, what's going on in the background. For those of you who are not as familiar with this, this is just building and compiling your contract. So we'll go ahead and hit that. Uh, you see it takes just a second um, to build. Um, it builds two contracts. Again, the way Truffle is set up, Truffle has two contracts, a migrations contract, which helps manage contracts being sent to the to the ledger, uh, and then it has your actual smart contract here. Uh, let's go ahead and pull down just a little bit. You'll see some of the output um, information being put to the output channel. We're done building at this point. You see we've added a build directory. A couple of notes in this build directory, again, if you're not familiar with, with smart contract development, uh, oftentimes smart contracts have a lot of metadata uh, that is used in various um, places. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, the ABI, uh, that is basically like a contract descriptor. It's a JSON uh, array that has a bunch of information. We're really trying to help developers be 
um, productive here by giving you access, uh, access sorry, to that ABI um, automatically. So right-click on your contract JSON, uh, copy the contract ABI, and now that is in your copy-paste buffer. So if you need for some reason to copy and paste that into other things, again, in future episodes or even in previous episodes, uh, when I, you've seen me talk about logic apps, you might have seen me cut and paste ABIs into that. Here, again, just as a helper, we give you an easy way to get access to it. Put it in your co copy-paste buffer and it's there. Uh, same with things like bytecode. So now at this point, we have a contract that's compiled. I need to deploy it somewhere. A um, couple of options. By default, uh, we give you the option, without doing any work, uh, to deploy this contract locally. Now, before I go ahead and deploy it locally, what that means uh, for developers who are familiar with Truffle, uh, we use Truffle um, Ganache, which is a, a ledger emulator, if you will. It, it acts and behaves like a, a very simple Ethereum ledger. Uh, it's installed by default. We've already configured the environment to go ahead and let you uh, deploy this contract immediately without any work. Again, for developers who are not familiar, um, who are not yet ready to maybe interact with a contract in the public network or, or in the Azure blockchain service, this is a great way to just get started without having to install or create anything uh, super complex. So right-click on the Solidity file, deploy gives me this little pop-up tool. And if I just click development, you'll see here again in the output window, uh, we begin the contract uh, deployment process. I apologize, we can ignore that little error for just a second, that's a NPM version update. Uh, you see here in the output window, I get a few pieces of information coming. I get uh, my deployment status, so you heard me mention earlier, I deploy two contracts actually. I deploy a migrations contract, which is a contract to help contract migrations. And then you see here, finally, at the bottom, my Hello Blockchain. This was the contract you saw on the screen. It's been deployed. Here's the contract hash. Here's the contract address if I want to interact with it. And here's a few statistics uh, relevant to deploying in a public or, in this case, a pseudo-public environment. Um, so that, again, super simple. I haven't really done anything but right-click and, and do some things. Let's do a few more advanced things uh, before we finish up this episode and in, in our discussion. Um, of course, Azure Blockchain Service is a key part of, of, of what this tool is meant to help sort of simplify and interact with. In the previous episode, you saw Kale talk about um, our create function here, right? So creating an Azure blockchain service in Azure, you can do directly from here. You get a little wizard if I were to walk through this that asks all of the questions you need to deploy this service. I'm not going to do that right now in, in the interest of time. I'm going to connect to an existing one. Um, I want to walk you through this process twice, in fact, because I want to walk you through the process if you're an enterprise developer and you're integrating with uh, an Azure blockchain service, how you connect to one in the cloud. I'm also going to walk through this um, a second time for you public developers uh, or people who are familiar with using services like Infura. I want to walk through the process so that you see it uh, in both ways so that you understand it really is the exact same process. The concepts apply one for one. Uh, I want you to really see how that works. So we'll walk through this twice. Again, sort of replication, but gives you an idea of how both enterprise developers and public developers use this extension. All right, so with that, let me create, uh, connect to a consortium. Uh, because I'm logged in, you see down here I'm logged in, uh, I have access to my Azure subscription. Because I have access to my subscription, the extension knows all of the subscriptions, 
all of the resource groups I have access to. Um, here you see a previously deployed uh, consortium. I'm just going to go ahead and connect to that. Uh, and then automatically here you see the tool has updated my service bar to include things like here's your consortium, here's my member. Um, you'll notice a couple of things here. Again, along the lines of giving simple access to um, developers, we have simple access to the RPC endpoint. Um, in Azure, oftentimes this is called the connection string. Uh, public developers may know this better as RPC endpoint. It is the exact same thing. It is how you get to your Azure uh, ledger um, via some sort of publicly accessible end, uh, address. So if I were to right click on my, my consortium, copy the endpoint address, again, just gets put into my copy paste buffer. Uh, and you see here very simple things of how do I get to that address. So uh, not to spend too much time on that, but again, a lot of simple helpers for, for um, developers out there. Let's go ahead and deploy my contract to that, um, that service. So I will go ahead, right click on my contract again, deploy contracts. You see here, we've all already automatically added that service to my deployment um, configuration. So I don't have to add any code. I didn't have to type anything. It's already there. Let me go ahead and hit Contoso. A um, couple of things here, if you are familiar with deploying to, to networks. Um, to deploy to a network, I have to have um, a private key. I have to have effectively an address and a, and a username um, to, the, to, to my network. If you've never done this before, um, what you want to click here is generate mnemonic. This generates a mnemonic that gets turned into a private key. If you have an existing address, uh, you can also paste your new mnemonic. Uh, if you know what that is, you can just cut and paste the mnemonic and that gets turned into a private key. You see here, I've done this a few different times, um, meaning I have a few mnemonics already deployed. So if I have several accounts, I can see sort of the beginning and ending last first three and last three of my mnemonic um, there so I can keep track of which mnemonics I'm using. Um, for new developers, in this example, I will just go ahead and let me pick an existing mnemonic. Again, the process is super simple. We don't have to walk you through a demo. Let me pick an existing mnemonic. I don't have to um, do much else. It's going to take that mnemonic, use the, create the private key off of it, and then again, you see, I'm just going to go ahead and run through very similar process to what you saw me do earlier uh, with Ganache. We're going to deploy this contract uh, to the network. So let me go ahead and scroll down in this output window. You see we've begun the process of deploying the contract. Uh, this takes a few seconds. Lots going on in the network right now. Um, but the output is going to look exactly the same. I am going to have a transaction hash. I am going to have a contract address. Uh, and you see here a few things. I still get the same statistics I got from the public or, or the Ganache deployment. Um, the difference here is there is no real um, meaning to gas price in an Azure blockchain service. It's all set to zero. It's a private consortium. Uh, so even though I get the statistics, they're all set to zero. So that is an example of deploying to Azure blockchain service. Let me do this one last time and get you see how you use a service like Infura to deploy to a test network like Robston or Mainnet. So you see here in the Azure blockchain service bar, I can right click, I can create connect to consortium. And in my little pull down menu, I can create a new network. I can create a test Ethereum network. And in that Ethereum network, I can um, name it. So let's say I name this Infura. 
And here in just a second, let me grab my Infura address, if you bear with me for just a second. All right, so here you see I named it Infura. Again, it's really just sort of an arbitrary name so I can keep track of which networks I have. Uh, here I need a, a network location. This is that RPC endpoint address. For Infura, it is your API key effectively. Here I'm gonna cut and paste a dummy one uh, just so you see what it looks like. Um, this one is connected to uh, my Infura account. Again, the, the API key there is a dummy key. Um, before we go too far, a couple of notes on using mainnet or Infura. Um, back to the discussion we had just a second ago um, in using the mnemonics and, and getting a, a private key and an Ethereum address. In Azure Blockchain Service, um, because it's private uh, and because you don't need gas, uh, all of that kind of works without a lot of work. Um, if you are a mainnet developer or you're using something like Infura and you're deploying to a public test network like Robston uh, or a public mainnet, uh, you do need uh, the same things, of course, but the private key, that username uh, and address has to be funded, right? Public networks require gas. Gas requires uh, funding. So before you go too far with this, make sure you have a, a key and everything that will work with your public um, address. All right, so at this point, you see I've added my um, Ropston RPC endpoint. Uh, I've got my Infura account. Uh, and now basically, if I want to deploy to Infura, it is the exact same process. So super simple, right click, deploy contracts. You see my new Infura Fura address has been added there. Uh, this goes back to needing an account uh, on Infura with um, uh, funding. So this particular mnemonic here has my funding, has my, my um, uh, it's an account with money in it, effectively with ETH in it. So I go ahead and use that one. Um, it's gonna ask me some defaults for gas price, gas limits. If I just go ahead and hit select there. Again, you see, super simple. I'm gonna go through the exact same process and the output's gonna be the exact same. You're just gonna see a contract address, transaction has, and you're gonna see how much gas uh, uh, and how much uh, way that I've used um, or ETH that I've used in my, in my deployment. Uh, so that's it. Uh, very simple, very easy. Uh, I hope this helped. And again, in follow-up episodes, uh, we'll talk about some of the more uh, advanced features of this extension. Great. Thank you for joining me. Mm -hmm.